Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. That's right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this late Thursday night. It won't publish until Friday morning. That's okay. Glad you're with me nonetheless, however, wherever you're listening. Stealing that from Colin Cowherd. I appreciate you making my podcast a part of your day. So a lot of stuff is, uh, is happening and nothing has become official yet. That's what's kind of frustrating about this week is that there's moving parts and, and stuff happening and lanes flying all over the country visiting certain uh, portal recruits and all that. And the ball just hasn't dropped yet. Now, I know Pete Golding had a shark emoji tweet, which means that at least somebody has uh, has committed to them. But as of right now, nothing has actually uh, happened yet. And that is totally, totally fine. I've just been waiting all week to... Talk about portal commitments with you guys, and nothing has happened yet. It will, and when it does, we will absolutely talk about it right here. I think that uh, floodgates are about to open. You've got visitors coming to Ole Miss this weekend as well on the high school front. Uh, things are about to really start picking up in the uh, the recruiting space for Ole Miss. So when that happens, we will talk about it. you got a basketball game this weekend. We will talk about that as well. But in the meantime, just completed a, uh, a live chat. And I talked about something uh, where, I don't know, in, in hindsight, if I explained my thoughts on it well enough, what I was trying to get at is I think that because the future is uncertain, both with roster and how the structure of the NCAA and all these lawsuits and all that crap is coming, I think Ole Miss needs to worry less about how expensive the running back could be and go all in on trying to build the best roster they could possibly build right now to win right now because they have a nucleus that can win right now. And so go all in. And if it means you overspend to keep a running back, you overspend to keep a running back that is as good as Quinchon Judkins. That's kind of what I was trying to get at. And so hopefully it makes sense to you. It sounded better in my head than it came out, I think. But my point is, I think Ole Miss needs to go all in on 2024 and win right now, even if it means... You sacrifice a little of the future to win right now. And if you disagree, I'd still love to hear from you. I'm glad that you guys are here and uh, appreciate you uh, subscribing and and all that stuff like you have been. You guys are the best. So before we get into that live chat, again, I I talk about the all-in thing and then we go uh, back and forth with uh, with the audience. I want to remind you to follow me, social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That's the website if you're in the market for office technology and your business is located in Mississippi. Advantage Business Systems has you covered, absms.com. Again, that's the website, absms.com. Tell them I sent you, and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in the state of Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. And 
They will make you a priority with their online banking platform. It is a one-stop shop. All you need is an internet connection, and that's it. You can do everything you need with your money. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making, so you don't have to hop on Zoom and talk to somebody out of state to get a loan and get that loan service because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here we go. Uh, Thursday live chat, again, talking about going all in in 2024, and then we go back and forth for about 45 minutes or so. So I hope you enjoy that. Again, we'll talk recruiting when it happens. We'll talk basketball this weekend as well. Kind of a sneaky good road game for Ole Miss coming up this weekend. So we'll talk about all that in the days to come. In the meantime, uh, enjoy the live chat, and I'll talk to you guys uh, when stuff drops, which should be very, very soon. Talk to you then. All in. The concept of being all in. It's not um, all that uncommon in sports. Talking about windows, right? That's uh, a thing that you hear a lot in the NFL or in the aforementioned NBA is a team has a window to win, whether it's because they have quality quarterback play or a roster that's going to have to get paid a lot and so you're going to have some attrition or whatever. The concept of being all in or, or, or a window of opportunity is not a new thing in sports. Take the LA Rams, for example. I mean, they how many trades happen for them to go to and win that Super Bowl? They saw a window of opportunity. They attacked that window of opportunity, and they won a Super Bowl. And after that, they had some down years. But ask a Rams fan if that Super Bowl was worth a couple of down years, and now they're recovering from that. Their answer would be yes. Absolutely, it would. In college football, we haven't really had that phenomenon of windows, right? Because you have programs like in Alabama that can just replenish rosters every year with 25 of the best players in America through traditional recruiting. Well, the transfer portal is changing the structure of rosters and stuff like that in college football anyway. But take a program like an Ole Miss, and there's a reason why I'm talking about just Ole Miss with this, uh, because they have a current roster that is... Uh, much, much, much more ahead of Mississippi State's at the moment. And they can realistically, we can talk about them making the playoff next year. For Mississippi State, we cannot. That's just the truth. So right now, Ole Miss is well-organized and well-funded from a collective perspective. But I think everybody would agree with the sentiment that they will likely never be the richest in college football or really come anywhere close. And that's okay. But they have to be efficient with what they do, right? And I think with this Ole Miss team and this roster, they have a window of opportunity in 2024 that I think that they have to go all in on. And here's what I mean by that. I mean, you've got a running back that could hit the free market and command a lot of money. I think that Ole Miss should do whatever it takes to keep Quinshawn Judkins on the roster, even if it's a little bit more expensive uh, than they deem they are comfortable. Quinshawn Judkins is special. I know that this is increasingly becoming closer to an NFL model. I understand that, but it's not the NFL. And his yards after contact this season was especially unique. But if you have to, quote-unquote, overpay to keep a guy like that on your roster for year three, you do it. If Nolan is really interested in you, pay what it takes to get him, even if it might be considered fiscally irresponsible to do so. That's really what I'm getting at here. 
There's a finite amount of money that you can spend on your roster. Some teams have more than that of Ole Miss. But this opportunity, this window, the 2024 season with the expanded playoff, a third-year quarterback, because it's not just about Lane Kiffin, right? Like, obviously, he's a good coach. They're winning. But a third-year starting quarterback who is a culture setter on that team returning. How often do you get to say that, especially in this era? That's really not going to happen much moving forward. It doesn't really happen to begin with, but especially now. So a veteran starting quarterback, a third-year starter, his fourth year of getting starts at the Division One level, Judkins back. They're working on getting guys like Prescorn back, for example. Um, Jordan Watkins did not tweet he was returning tonight. It was just a picture. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I've never thought he was leaving. But anyway, point is, you have so much already, a nucleus of a team and a schedule that can make the playoff. If I were Ole Miss, I would look at right now and realize that it might not always be like this forever. And what I mean by that is not necessarily about this team, because in 2025, Dart will be gone and Judkins will be gone and other things, but college football might not be structured like this for very long. You've got lawsuits popping up all over the place. You've got the head of the NCAA trying to create a separate division, and it, it may it just may not sit like this for a while. So you have money. You have a nucleus of a team that can be nationally competitive, and you have an opportunity. And so, yes, I know high school recruiting is important, and college football is all about building and developing. And as been pointed out by multiple people today, uh, the high school recruiting component for Ole Miss is going well. I'm not saying you abandon that completely. I'm saying, though, you make future sacrifices for short-term success now. If it means you have to pay a large amount of money to get a guy like Walter Nolan, you get him. You you get him, and, and you do what it t- takes to do it. I don't think you should um, stop yourself the way that a lot of people think that they should. I think that you should do whatever it takes to keep Judkins on your roster, for example, even if it means that you're spending more than typically you would be comfortable with. Go all in now. You have a window of opportunity now. Who's to say that you will ever be in this position ever again when it comes to what you have returning and the opportunities you have in the transfer portal? Sacrifice future to win right now. There's a chance that it doesn't come around like this again. There could be changes with the NCAA model. There could be changes with the transfer portal. All of that's being fought. So while you have it in your grasp, go go get it. Go get it. That's what I would do, even if it means you're a little bit fiscally irresponsible. Um, make a long-term sacrifice for short-term success. Very similarly to what the uh, the Rams did when they won their Super Bowl. Overspend now if that's what it takes to get guys like Nolan, who... I mean, Ole Miss's defense last year was missing a guy like him, right? You had really good role players on that defensive line, and they did a lot of good things, and they were productive and all of that. And getting a guy like Pegues back is huge, right? Because you can win a lot of games with a guy like Pegues. But there was nobody on that defensive line for Ole Miss last year that was feared. You know what I mean? A lot of good players. But Nolan is the guy that you fear. That's the kind of player that he can be. That's the kind of talent that he is. Um, 
And you didn't have that a year ago. And that was really the difference. Both sides of the ball were the difference in Tuscaloosa and in Athens. So I'm going to repeat myself, so I'll stop and get to your comments. When you've got the opportunity to possibly sign a guy like him and you have to step out of your financial comfort zone, step out of your financial comfort zone. Do it for Judkins. Do it for multiple offensive linemen. Do it for Juice Wells. You have got an opportunity to do something that you've never done before, and that's make the playoff. Don't let that go to waste because you're worried about what's going to happen in 2026. So there you go. All right, so I'll get to your comments now here for the next uh, 20 minutes or so and uh, go watch the Pelicans play uh, the Lakers. The uh, team that I hate the most in this world is the L.A. Lakers, and so I am hoping for a big win tonight. Score on Penn State versus Ole Miss. Oh, ooh, you got to give me a couple weeks for that. I don't want to spoil all the game previews, but um, especially with Chops opt-out and, and Diaz uh, moving on to Duke. Now, I haven't seen whether or not he's going to coach in the bowl game. I can't imagine he would. Um, but I do I do like Ole Miss's chances in this game. We'll, uh, we'll talk about it more as it gets closer, and I'll give you a pick uh, when it gets closer. But uh, I do think Penn State is the perfect team that you could have drawn for this because it's a it's still a big brand, right? Penn State's a brand. It's a college football brand. Much better than drawing Liberty, for example. So that would have been a really boring, like not exciting game at all. Or SMU had they made it. Like you would much rather play a brand than one of those two. But I think you would much rather play Penn State than a really, like, like an Ohio State team who's really, really talented. Or, I mean, hell, I know it's crazy to say this, but like even Florida State, because they're really uh, talented defensively too. I, I think Penn State is the most beatable of the teams that you would have liked to have drawn because of their brand, if that makes sense. So the best of both worlds. Beatable team, big brand, would be looked at as a really big and like high-profile bowl win. So is Ole Miss getting Nolan? I'm really concerned about offensive line additions. I have no idea if they're getting if they're getting Nolan. But the fact that it's he's even entertaining the idea of going to Ole Miss is um, that's special. Uh, special is not the right word. That should be encouraging because that means that I promise you he's heard offers from the big boys already. And if Lane Kiffin tweeting a picture from College Station meant that he was visiting Nolan, that means he was at least willing to hear Ole Miss out. Maybe I'm trying to read between lines that don't exist or connecting dots that aren't there. But if he's taking a meeting with Kiffin, it means the initial conversations were enticing enough where he's getting calls and offers from all around the country, and Ole Miss is one that stood out enough to him that he was willing to hear the pitch in person. So that does... It does mean something. Um, yeah, offensive line, I said this on the radio show today, and it's not like you know some profound thought or anything that is uh, attributed to me. I don't really have those uh, all that often. Um, anyway, everybody's talking about Nolan and Juice Wells and linebackers and stuff and, and all these new guys and receivers and, and everything. The most important position that Ole Miss needs to sign this year in the portal is offensive line. Nothing else matters unless they get better on the offensive line. I think that that can reduce their ceiling next year. Now, look, I know they just won 10 games. I, I understand that. And they had Georgia and Alabama on the schedule. That is not the case next year. However, you guys saw it. 
and we all saw it. They had issues up front on the offensive line, and I do think that that will keep them at a lower ceiling. So for all the talk about wide receiver and defensive line and stuff, and all of those are important. almost needs to get better at it. All of those positions, they're losing guys like Dayton Wade's gone, for example. I, I assume Trey Harris is gone, but I'm not sure. you got to get better on the defensive line. You've got to replace a lot in the secondary, on and on and on. But the most important position for Ole Miss in portal season, and I think it's not even a, there, there's not a close second, the most important position is offensive line. Now, the, I guess they have a visitor, or they had one last weekend, right? Um, Kiffin visited one uh, in Indiana, I believe, based on his tweets of airports. I think that that's what he was doing up there. So, yeah, they've um, he, they've got to get to work on, on offensive line additions, and uh, they are. At least that's what it looks like. But, um, yeah, that's it's the most important position this offseason. So Charlie Baker proposed uh, something that'll lead to revenue share, a revenue sharing plan. Yeah, the the proposal didn't really, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I, I don't think that that will end the uh, the constant litigation. I understand the desire to um, continue with Title IX because Title IX is a good thing. Women's sports are important. They are. But what I wish people would, in my business, would stop doing is pretending that everything is created equal and treating the soccer players as if they're the same as the football team. I mean, I, you know, Richard brings it up all the time, and, and I think it's a great idea, and it would never happen. But um, if they really wanted to do this right, they wouldn't count football at all. Because football literally funds everything else. It funds it all. And so if Charlie Baker's proposal, which will not be enacted, ever became a real thing, the football team would look at the money they're making versus the money that the softball second baseman is making. And they will come to the same conclusion that they came to before NIL became a thing. We are the reason there's half a billion dollar television contracts. We're the reason that 70,000 fans show up to the games. And we're the reason that all of the rest of you exist. So no, this isn't acceptable. Let's go back to court. That's what's going to end up happening uh, during during all of this. Um, it, it's People don't like this, but it's true. The football player is more valuable than the soccer player or the softball player. They are the reason that those sports and programs exist at the overwhelming majority of schools. Some institutions will just fund sports forever because that's what they do. But at Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the only reason why softball and soccer and volleyball and tennis and golf, it includes the men's side too, is because of football and a special shout-out to men's basketball. That's the only reason why they exist. So proposing a school, choose, proposing that a school opts into a system where they pay the softball players hundreds of thousands of dollars in total when their sport loses millions is never going to work it won't happen. It's a stupid idea, and that's just how it's going to be. 
It's just going to get fought in court again because that's what happens. Dayton Wade is draft bound, which is a tad bit surprising. I'm not surprised. Some guys just are ready to go, man. I mean, how much just staying in school doesn't automatically improve your stock. I mean, how how much more can he do? Right? He's got things working against him that another good season of college can't really fix, right? So he's been in school for a long time, had a good season, he's got his health. It makes sense to me uh, that that he's leaving. It's um Talking about windows earlier, that this is his opportunity. He's healthy. He's had a good year. He's athletic. Um, I really don't think he can improve his height in an additional year in college. Uh, you know, so um, I'm happy for him. He's an electric interview. So, you think Judkins is NFL bound next season after another thousand yard and fifteen touchdown season at Ole Miss? He's definitely NFL bound after this year. I don't expect him to go anywhere else. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, there's there's word about uh, positive developments when it comes to that, but until something is announced in total, and hell, even if it's not, or even after it is, you know, things happen sometimes. Um, I, I don't expect him to be anywhere else, though. You're wondering if the Paul kid from Arkansas is coming to Ole Miss. Oh, he's visiting soon, right? He'll visit this weekend, I think. Yeah, they need him. I mean, that that would be a a huge pickup and um, an extremely experienced, already proven SEC linebacker. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of a no brainer, right? And a guy like him is the kind of guy I'm talking about with with, with this team and this season. If it costs a little extra, more than you think you would usually pay, I think you pay it. To, to get a guy like him that you know is highly productive and good enough to play in the SEC and he wants to possibly come to your school, do what it takes to get a guy like him to come because he'd start for you next year and he would be a very important piece on your defense. You wouldn't have that fear like what happened with Monty Montgomery, right, where the game just doesn't translate. For whatever reason, it just doesn't. Some guys do, some guys don't. It just that that's what happens. You know, Chris Paul Jr. can play in the SEC. Like you, ab- you already know that he is very well equipped to play in the league. So, you really like my show, but you're dying to straighten out the curtain behind you. It, it's never going to happen. It's going to stay like that forever. No, I just, uh, I know how awful it looks. I understand. This is like my little. This is my space where I just kind of do whatever I want, but also like. The rest of the house is my four-year-old space to do whatever he wants, and he destroys it. So, like, if this is supposed to be my room that I can destroy, all the other rooms are also free to be destroyed. So what's the point of even trying to keep that up? I don't know. Um, But I I do. I I really do need to fix it. That does. I mean, that looks like crap. (laughs) It It really looks bad. I understand that, though. I accept it. You kind of thought that Chris Paul was CP3's son. That would be cool. I do. I looked at his Arkansas bio. I think his dad's like a a Navy vet or uh, or something. So uh, cooler than Chris Paul because I feel like Arkansas Chris Paul's dad wouldn't flop the way basketball Chris Paul does every trip up and down the floor. But anyway, would Nolan be an immediate plug and play starter? Yes, absolutely, yes. What like? 100% yes. You wouldn't pay him what it would take to get him to not start him right away. I mean, it's 
Yeah, he's um, yeah, he he's instant impact plug and play starter right away. You had your first couple sips of a margarita tonight, not your jam. I'm not a particularly big fan uh, either, so I'm with you. Do I think Manny Diaz will coach the Peach Bowl? I don't. I mean, that, that's got to be difficult, right, to to coordinate a bowl game for somebody else while head coaching a new school with the portal. Ha- I mean, portal just opened, signing days a few weeks away, Trying to balance those two things, being in co- in state college for any amount of time, to then turn around and try to build a staff, portal, recruit, seems like it's too much to balance. I, if I were a Duke fan, I wouldn't want him coaching the Peach Bowl. You get here now. I mean, the Peach Bowl is a big deal, but it's an exhibition. Uh Signing days in three weeks and the portal's open. Get your ass over here and coach for us, not for Penn State. You left there for a reason, you know? Thanks for taking the time to do these lives. Enjoy them. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm always glad to be here. I, I love this. This is um, this is not part of my job, although I do uh, I do put this in the, uh, in the podcast feed. Um, so I guess technically this... I is kind of my job, but no, I, um, I enjoy this. This is fun talking to you guys. I, I think that like with our radio audience or, or just like doing a podcast with no return, um, it's for the birds, man. Uh, technology now allows the audience to be a part of the show beyond like phone calls. Um, frankly, I don't enjoy phone calls. Um, I don't know how Feinbaum is as popular as he is, and maybe he's not that popular, frankly, but um, I don't particularly like call-in shows. I think that this kind of format here, and like what we do on the radio show, we use a text line. Uh, we used to take calls a long time ago, and they were they were just awful, you know? Um, so you can filter the good and the bad and still be conversational in a format like this as opposed to like just recording a podcast without any kind of audience feedback. And uh, it also avoids picking up the phone and taking a call and having somebody ramble about God knows what for five minutes, you know? So it's a, kind of a perfect medium. So unless you get rich, you'll never pay a cent to any NIL collective. You're investing so much into something where you don't get a return on it other than a minuscule time of happiness. Nope. Well, not certainly understand that, you know, it, it makes sense. I, I, and I, I won't ever bemoan uh, anybody that chooses not to. But as long as there are emotions uh, that weigh so heavy on, excuse me, as long as college football weighs so heavy on people's emotions, then then you're going to have the market for uh, for something like this. Um, I hear you, though. I, I, I totally understand it. I think the school should have to, to pay the players. I, I think asking the fans to just give more money is, is a bad system. I don't mind the players getting money at all. And for, uh, to be honest, I think they deserve it. In an era where coaches are making $77 million, I cannot possibly fathom being upset that a player wants a tenth of that uh, to be one of the best defensive linemen in the country. You know, I just that that doesn't bother me in any way but yeah the the fans are continuing to just be asked to give more and more and you know i I think that's uh that's a broken system but fans are just they're they're still gonna do it um and i've got a confession too i love the transfer portal 
I love it. I All of this is fascinating to me. It's interesting. And I know that there's the conversation about, well, the emotion is taken out of it and fans aren't connected to the players anymore and things like that. And and, and I hear all that and I understand it. And I agree with it to, to some degree. I, I get it. But fans are in love with the helmets and the jerseys and the scores on the scoreboard. Uh, I mean, when have you guys ever been happy with a losing season? You've never liked the, the the players and stuff on on losing teams, right? So what would you rather have? Would you rather be connected to a team that's winning seven games or have to learn the roster over the summer of a team that goes and wins nine, right? Uh, it's people love the the helmet and the jersey. They love the laundry. They don't they are more so than they do the player. And this cycle interests me because it's transactional. And again, I talk about this with you guys often, where as an NFL fan, I can stomach the money component of it, but I do think that the transactional piece of it makes it easier to stomach than high school recruiting, right? I mean, there there was a guy that showed up to his commitment ceremony wearing certain colors, red and blue, and the ceremony got delayed because somebody got to mom and she made him sign with LSU. High school recruiting, it's you're dealing with 16 and 17-year-olds, and you're having to talk to mom and dad and girlfriend and uncle and write them letters and follow and you know show them love on Instagram and all that stuff. And it feels like to me, portal recruiting is so much more transactional. Like we're sitting here talking about Nolan and how much money it will cost, and isn't that a little bit easier to stomach for you? Is do you have the money or not? Does he fit? Does he fit? And does he have the money? Or do you have the money? Boom, boom, boom. Dylan Gabriel is supposed to be meeting with Mississippi State on Monday, I believe. If he goes to Oregon, he might end up committing up there and like getting a deal done or whatever. But if he if he ends up on State's campus, he and Levy's Levy's conversation is transaction. Here's how you fit. Here's the weapons that you have, and here's the money. How much simpler is that than high school recruiting? And I, I just, I, I can't, I just, I don't agree with the idea that it's that's harder to like, like people say, I don't even know who's on the team. Well, you've got the, the roster on the school website. Just pull it up, man. I mean, it's not like the team gets assembled in August and they start playing in September. You know who's going to be on your team. Pull up the roster. And learn who the players are going to be that way. Go to the spring game or watch it and print out a roster and bring it with you. And when you're reading practice reports or whatever, that I mean, I, I just, it doesn't seem hard to me to learn who's on your football team. I think that, that to me, that sounds just like an excuse for some reason. It's the internet. I can pull up old Mississippi State's roster right here, right now. And yes, it'll change some, but. It, it's the internet. They go in and they add a new player who gets added to the team and they take a player away. I mean, the school releases one depth chart at the beginning of the year and they don't adjust it at all, but here's who's on your team right here laid out. And here's the position that they play laid out perfectly for you. But I think not knowing a player on your team is, is your fault, not the portal's fault. The information's right there for you. I just, I, I don't, 
I don't find that valid. I think that's a that's a convenient complaint for a problem that can be quite easily solved by instead of scrolling through Facebook, you pull up the roster and see if there's a name that you don't recognize and pull out his bio and it'll tell you where he came from. I don't know. What's the path for Ole Miss to have a Clemson-esque promotion to the Blue Blood tier? Two or three home run hires in a row. Uh, that's a good question. All it takes is one. All it took was Dabo at uh, at Clemson. All it takes is one. And then you follow up with, do I think the resources just aren't there? Um, oof. Clemson benefited from being in the ACC and Dabo's rise before the NIL era. That that helped. I do think that um, Ole Miss has a harder or will have a harder time becoming a Clemson because of the aforementioned. But th- that's why I started this by talking about going all in now. Because do I think that you can assemble a roster that will be as deep or talented as Alabama or Georgia's or Michigan's? No. But you've got a lot of pieces right now that if you add a handful more, you can line up and compete with them on a given playoff game day. And so I really don't think Ole Miss is far away from having a team, not necessarily a program, but having a team that can win at that level. Right now, they are close to having a team that can win at that level if they just get a couple of pieces on the offensive line and the right pieces up front on defense and at linebacker, I think they're better in the secondary than people are giving them credit for. I know they lose guys, but still. Um, They can do that now. I don't think they will be able to do that consistently on an annual basis. But when windows like this open, as they're currently structured, they can do something about it, if that makes sense. Have I heard anything about Nolan? A lot of chatter on Twitter, but I haven't seen anything solid at all. It it doesn't appear that there's anything solid at all. I mean, um, now that I say this, he's going to literally commit like the second I hang up and and go watch the Pelicans play. But um, I think that because of how high profile he is and because of how many suitors he will have, um, again, now that I say this, it's going to happen literally tonight. But I, I don't foresee this happening like in a day. I think he's going to have a lot of suitors and a lot of offers, so this might be a little bit longer of a portal process. Uh, but uh, like I said before, if he was, if he took the meeting with Kiffin, if that is who he went to see in College Station today, which you know you would think, considering the reporting about it and also him being there, one plus one often equals two. Um, they're in the conversation. That they're they're in the fight, and so. That's all I know right now. I, I don't have any like inside of where they're positioned or anything because, I mean, hell, it sounds like the meeting literally happened today. But a guy like him is going to have a ton of suitors, and so I wouldn't expect it to happen quickly. But if it does, it it means that Ole Miss made it happen quickly, which would be a significant financial commitment. So. McCready was talking about how things are different with NIL. Florida may not be a better job than Ole Miss anymore. It's weird how fast dynamics are changing. I'm enjoying the ride. You see, and what's the difference between Florida and Ole Miss right now? What What's the difference? What, what has changed? Nothing, really. But what Ole Miss has done, they've been efficient and they've hired well. Like, 
and it, it, it's fan bases as well. It's everybody. But but Ole Miss is structured. They're efficient, and they hired correctly, especially for this era. So, and and I've talked about this for a long time, and it's not like a unique thought to me or anything. But there are some people that are still stuck in the '90s. I mean, I, I posted a little mini rant I did on the radio show yesterday on Twitter about how everybody's talking about how the SEC is down this year because it's Ole Miss and Missouri that are good and not Auburn and Florida. If you flip-flopped Ole Miss and Auburn's record and you flip-flopped Missouri and Florida's record, then nobody would be talking about how the league is down because we're so caught in our ways that there's no way that Missouri can be good unless the conference is bad. There's no way that Ole Miss can be good unless the conference is bad and not because Ole Miss is winning and therefore other teams are losing at least one additional game. But anyway, um, th- this this new era will allow programs like Ole Miss to completely level the playing field with a job that is perceived to be better than theirs because they are more organized, they are more efficient, and institutionally they are completely and totally bought in and in lockstep, and they hired right. There are very few SEC Big Ten jobs that you're not one hire away from being elite. That's the thing, man. So Ole Miss is what? Eighth in eighth in the country, tied for eighth in access bowl appearances. So that's since 2014. Only Alabama and Georgia have won more games in the last three years than Ole Miss in the SEC. It, the, most of these jobs are really only one good hire and, and good structure away from being that. And instead of Ole Miss getting credit for that, it's, well, the league is down. Maybe the league is down because they're the ones that are winning this time. But, yeah, the the, the landscape has changed a lot. It, it started changing when the television contracts and the network came along. I mean, programs like Nebraska used to be the gold standard. Now they can't get any. I mean, it, it's really hard for them to recruit because – Everybody's got money now. Everybody's on TV every Saturday now. I mean, again, quote-unquote, little Ole Miss is paying their coach a a top 11 salary in college football or whatever it is at the moment. Um, Things have changed. The the money has changed the landscape, both in television dollars and then now in in NIL. People that are more structured and organized are having more success. And remember, Florida... Was uh, was the place that offered Jaden Rashad a thirteen million dollar contract just to void the contract because they didn't have that much money to give him? I mean that that was Florida. That's how messy they were. Not the case. Not the case in Oxford. I've heard anything on Zakari Franklin. You expected him to be the first name in the portal. I haven't. Um, I haven't, and I, I, you know I haven't thought about him since uh, that weird deal with with the Georgia game and him not being with the team then, and I haven't thought about him since, but now that you bring it up, I am surprised that he is not currently in the transfer portal. (laughs) Haven't thought about him since. Ole Miss versus Penn State will be one of the most aesthetically pleasing games with the Penn State whiteout and Rebel fans wearing red, along with the Penn State Navy unis and the beautiful Ole Miss unis. I would love for them to do color v. color. I would love it, and I hope that happens. Yeah, the solid white and the solid red in the stadium, if they really can like, kind of get it 50-50. Um, but I want Penn State to wear their blues, so the white helmet, blue top, white pants, very basic but classic and iconic, and Ole Miss to go powder red, gray pants. That uniform matchup would be 
awesome. And like USC, UCLA do it, and it looks great. I want that to happen here. I would love for that to happen here. I'm not sure it's going to, but I want it to. How good would that look? When is early signing day? I think it's three weeks. Let me tell you. Early signing day is December 20th. December 20th. So, yeah, two weeks away. I said three weeks, right? So, um, 13 days away. Like I said, oh, offensive line is huge for Ole Miss's portal season. What would my next two biggest needs be? You say cornerback and defensive line. Okay, so offensive line is biggest need number one. Um, if Jordan Watkins is in fact back, I don't think wide receiver makes the top three, and I I suspect that they're going to get at least one additional one, and they've already got Deion Smith, so I think they're okay there. Um, haven't seen news on Trey Harris. We'll, we'll again, I, I don't think that that's top three. So yes, offensive line number one, defensive line number two, and linebacker number three for me. But I certainly understand why why cor- uh, corner is there for you because they do lose a uh, a lot. So you think the portal debate is fans feel like they're making a commitment to the player, but the player is off the hook to commitment to the school. Understand that completely and totally understand that. But um, what would have happened in week two if Jackson Dart had thrown three interceptions? What would have Ole Miss fans thought and said about him? You know, get that bum out of town. Commitment's a two-way street, you know? And and the players that are on your team, not all of them, of course, you have some, for lack of a better phrase, shitheads. Uh, forgive my language there, but it's true. But those guys are sacrificing every day. You know, they they work hard. And it, it being a college football player is a lot, a lot of work and a physical toll. And so, you know, I think that they are. And don't forget, too, guys get cut. All the time. They get processed is what we call it in college. I mean, if the player's not good enough, they, they get sent on their way. If they have a poor performance, fans are calling for them to be benched. I I think that just from – I shouldn't tell anybody how to feel. But the, the loyalty in college sports is to the, the, the laundry and – Again, if the player performed poorly, you would want them to not, you know, to sit the bench or to get cut, right? I mean, I, I haven't forgotten what some people said about Michael Pettis, for example, during games. And so, I don't know. I think I just I think loyalty is a two way street, and fans are only loyal to the good players. And so, anyway. The thought of Juice Wells with Deion Smith and Trey Harris makes me very happy. Juice Wells would be, um, he's, I know he got hurt this year, but in that offense, he would be special. Any idea who the Pete Shark was about today? No, I, so I thought it was about, um, I just assumed, I, I figured it was about Chris Paul uh, Jr., but apparently it uh, it was not. I guess uh, the, the sites are saying that, if they had to guess one, it would be – guess who it was. It would be that Oklahoma um, defensive back. But, yeah, I thought it was um, – that was Chris Ball Jr., but shows what I know, which is almost nothing. 
Is it safe to assume they adjust the early signing day timeline with the playoffs expansion? They should if they're not going to, but they should. You'll be in Oxford for the George game next year. Can I hook you up with any good tailgates in the Grove? Uh, ask me when it gets closer. Key Lawrence. Thank you. That's his name. Key Lawrence. That's, uh, yeah, that's apparently who most people think that that it is. I, I assumed it was the linebacker. But again, what the hell do I know? Very little. Very little. Uh, ask me closer to the game. And yes, I can. Absolutely. Um, I can help you out with that. Right now, no, I, I can't. But yes, uh, please. I'd be willing to uh, to get you connected with some people and let them show you a good time there. Yeah, imagine planning for a first-round playoff game the same week as early signing day. I mean, I think that they should get rid of the early signing day altogether and have the portal window open and close before signing day. And so so have those things become separate instead of them working at the same time. You know, it kind of feels like it's all over the place. What should happen is this be portal time. And then when that ends, it be signing day time. And then when that ends, it be portal time again because they have to have two windows. And um, that that's, I mean, I've never been a coach before, so I don't know what they would prefer, but I feel like that would make a lot more sense for them so they can kind of buckle down on certain things at a time as opposed to um, it being everything all all at once and it being kind of a mess to uh, to boot. So, Interesting times, interesting times around here. It really is. I'm telling you guys, I, I love the the transactional component of the portal. I, I think that um, it's a lot more interesting. So, Quan Lacey to Ole Miss. Yeah, he's getting all the national crystal balls. So that would be another good pickup for uh, for sure. The high school class looks good. Uh, and earlier, I, I was not implying that they should abandon high school recruiting altogether. But I, I would telling you, man, I, I think that they have got a nucleus that is enough where if they get the right pieces, even at the wrong price, they can be competitive with basically everybody if they are able to do it. So go do it. Key Lawrence, Chris Paul, and Nolan from the portal could absolutely transform Pete's D coupled with his class last year and this year. No doubt. I have no idea if Riscano is uh, staying or going. I don't know. I mean, that's, I am I'm curious to see what's going to happen over the next week with Ole Miss because I know that they've been working on like roster retention and I mean so if they bring in Lacey I think that tells me that somebody's leaving because that would then be correct me if I'm wrong you guys got to help me out out with this Griffin Bentley and Judkins well Judkins you know, he's only on his third year of eligibility, but they can all return, right? Bentley and Griffin can both return. And you have Riscano, who would be a redshirt freshman. And then Lacey, that would be five scholarship running backs. Are they going to have five scholarship running backs? Or are they doing this now because they uh, anticipate one or two leaving. Uh, we will have to see. But this kind, this is why I keep saying that it's interesting. That interests me. What, if you're Lane Kiffin, do you think, like, what do you value? How do you decide who you keep and who they let go? It was clear that the tight end position, they chose one over the other, uh, essentially. And, and Heath hit the portal. 
So what do they do in the running back room behind Judkins? And do they try to fight to keep Bentley? And I think they should personally, because he's a really good back. But does Bentley want to be a feature guy somewhere? Go get Rocket Sanders, you say. Yeah. God, the combination. Dare to dream for a second. The combination of Bentley and Sanders and Judkins in that backfield just run the triple option for the entire season. But anyway, so I uh, appreciate you guys as always. Thank you for uh, for being here. I'm going to go watch the Pelicans hopefully beat the Lakers uh, in the in-season tournament on a goofy you-know-what court. So you have a good one too. Uh, appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. You know I do. Uh, You guys have a a good weekend. We'll be back Sunday. A lot of stuff is going to happen between now and then, so uh, we'll be here Sunday, 8 o'clock Sunday. It'll be a little bit later, but uh, but that's okay. I'll uh, I'll see you guys then, and uh, you all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.